Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Hi, this is Rose Cushing, and I am the host of today's Horsewoman podcast, and my guest today is Pam Saul, and Pam has taken her love of horses and kind of modified it into her career as a bookkeeper. So, Pam, tell us a little bit about you. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, I started out, uh, my family was dairy farming. And my grandfather always had Tennessee Walker horses. And apparently when I was a baby, like six months old, they would put me on the front of his saddle. And if they would take me off, I would scream bloody murder and they'd have to put me back on. So <laughs> I've been a horse lover for a long, long time. And then uh, we grew up and we started, my family had a boarding facility and still does to this day uh, called Rolling Acres Farm up in Montgomery County, Maryland. And I ended up being, I have two sisters, and I ended up being the sister who did the book. So I did all the invoicing for the borders and the horse shows and the, and the employees and that kind of thing. And then other people asked me to do their businesses because, obviously, bookkeeping for equestrian businesses is not mainstream. It, it has a lot of different tax implications and, and agriculture has different payroll and that kind of thing. And I ended up with my own business. So 2011, I went out on my own farm and equine business services, and I specialized in bookkeeping for the ag industry. So my clients were boarding facilities, nonprofits, um, the industries that support horses like equine, acupuncture, and dentists and that kind of thing. And then... That ended up blossoming into a full-time main street, and so right now I have my own business, and I have eight employees. We are all remote. I have staff all through the United States, and my the people that I work with are all through the United States. Wow, that you know, bookkeeping for me is a challenge. I hate it. And I, I am so glad that there are people like you that are dedicated to doing this service because, like you say, equestrian has different implications, agriculture, and you have to get the right forms. So that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, I like numbers better than people. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I can identify with that. I, I can't say numbers, but horses for sure better than people. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. That's, a, that's an absolute, absolute. So, yep, so that, that's how I started. So I help businesses, a lot of times business owners are embarrassed that they don't understand their numbers, especially with equestrians. I'm like, look, do you expect your CPA to know how to do an in and out or to know the strides or to know, you know, any of that kind of thing? And when they say no, then I say to them, well, how do you expect you to know how to read a profit loss or a balance sheet? You weren't taught that. That's not what you learned how to do. So my goal is to work with equestrians so they can understand their books and use them as a tool in their business. You know, you don't have to know how to create a profit loss, but you need to be able to read it so you can use that information in your business. Because if you're not, if you're not tracking your books, especially in an equestrian business, if you're not tracking your books and not tracking what you need to do, the IRS is going to look at you as a hobby instead of a business. 
So we want to do everything necessary so that you can say, yes, this is a business. This is what I do. I invoice. I get certificates of insurance from my vendors. I have a, my separate banking account for my business. I have a separate credit card from my personal. You know, these type of things that we can set up to make it run as a business and make the IRS happy. So those are some of the things I help business owners that are equestrians do. Hey y'all, this is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail? Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition from your performance horse to your weekend trail horse. Our line of Maximum Nutrition Equine Feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at mulecity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers. That's wonderful um, because, like you say, if they judge it as a hobby, then you're really kind of in trouble. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a learning process, and I enjoy helping businesses, especially beginning businesses, so they can get a strong foundation to move forward and get larger and, you know, not have cash flow problems and be able to understand what they need to do in order to grow. So those are some of the things that I like to help, and, and having uh, a background with horses, um, you know, that, that makes a big difference when you're trying to advise somebody as opposed to somebody who has no idea about horses. They don't understand how it works. They don't understand the business. Like, you, you and I both know horse people don't work 9 to 5. We work 5 to, to 5 to 9. Right. Um, and then we go out and we do night check. That's right. So, you know, that that's a totally different mindset for somebody who is, oh, I can, you know, go to work and I don't I can go for an hour for lunch and leave. Well, of course, people can't do that. Right. So it, it makes a big difference, and especially a lot of times we have equipment that we need to buy that, that a normal CPA doesn't understand. Right. You know, you, you say you need to buy a drag. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, they think you're in costume. Well, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Right. So it, you know, there's a lot of differences. And, and for horse people, the way that the business runs is different than a Main Street business as well. So those are some of the things that I enjoy working with them to, to get taken care of. And I figure if I can take care of my two sisters and, and get them straight, then I can do anybody. So, you know, because they're, the, they're the worst. So they'll go, oh, we want to buy this horse. I'm like, wait, stop, wait. <laughs> what are we using this horse for? Is this a sales horse? And then I'll say things like, okay, we have to track the sales horse. We have to track the entry fees. We have to track the vet. We have to track the blacksmith so they know what their actual expenses are so they know the price that they have to sell the horse for to make money. Right. And how to document it. And how to document it. So I can set up books if you've got sales horses or, you know, if you have less than horses, that's totally different. Those become assets to the business. 
So they're going to be set up in the books differently than a horse that's a sales horse or a horse that's out on a lease. So those are things that a lot of times equestrian owners don't understand they need to track differently in their books, and that's what I try to help do. Absolutely. And, you know, the fact that you can depreciate a horse. A lot of people may not know that. But it's a different uh, depreciation schedule than other equipment or other types of assets. So you have to know that as well. Absolutely. And, and you know, th- other things too, like um, I was talk- I did an interview with a landscaper and he was telling me that as a horse farm owner as, or as a farm owner that you can buy trees to plant for a windbreak and they are tax deductible because you have to have the windbreak. So there's so many things, you know, that that could apply that if you don't know about, you'd never figure out. Right, and if you're renting a facility and you make, um, if you do something to that facility to make it better, that's a capital improvement. Right. You know, there are different categories that you need to understand when you're doing the bookkeeping for equestrian businesses that are different from other businesses. Absolutely, and having the right chart of accounts is so important. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and it, and that's different from Main Street Street as well. Yes, another really good thing I love about having an accountant is that if I was to get audited, my accountant will be there to take care of me and explain it to them, so I don't have to f- try to figure out what we did. Right, and sometimes, a lot of times, what I end up doing is I'm a translator. Right. So I'm going to translate information that goes from equestrian to Main Street so that they understand the difference between the two. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's really cool. A cool job. Now, do you still ride at all? No. um, I had an injury years ago, and the doctor said you can either ride again and possibly be um, paralyzed, or you can retire. And I thought, eh. I think I'll retire. Yeah, that's I, a hard call. I still call. enjoy the horses. Um, yes, my, my favorite is a little miniature donkey named Skittles. Aww. And she's she's my girl. And um, I enjoy my daughters both rides, so I get to watch them. And my niece, um, like I said, my sisters are rolling in crochet with Patty Foster and Mary Lisa Leffler. And then Ashley Foster is my niece, and they are all currently showing. And so I get to watch and, and ride by watching videos of them. So, you know, I still enjoy it. I love the horses. I can do night check and take care of them and go out in the field, but I, I'm not riding right now. I understand. I, I um, When I started, I did a TV show for a long time, and when I started a lot of my media business, my horses thought a big trail ride was once around the house because by then I was so out of shape, I was pooped, and so were they. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, no, I, I have no problem going out in the field and petting them, and, and that, that keeps me happy. I, too, have a miniature donkey, and her name is Kate, and she's about thigh high, and I love her to pieces. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yes. They're the best. So, all the things that you've accomplished, what's left on your bucket list? Um, I, I want to do more training for young people. Um. I don't know about you, but I think the school system is really not doing what it needs to do so that kids come up today and understand finances. They, they literally don't understand how a bank account works or a credit card works. So one of the things, if I ever retire, I'm not sure if I ever do, is I would like to set up something for kids to understand finances so that when they get ready to go to college, 
they have a solid foundation to leave home, and that's one of the that's one of the bucket list things for me to do. You're absolutely right. You know, they do come out with no knowledge at all. And, you know, finances is a thing that if you make a mistake early on, it's really hard to fix it later. Exactly. So that's, that's one of the things that I think needs to be addressed in the U.S. school system. So they're not going to do it, so I will. I, that's a, a good thing to have on your list without question. Now, yep. the horse business is a really tough place to make a living without, you know, on a good day. So what kind of advice would you give to women that are coming into our industry as to how to be successful? So one of the things I would say is to find a successful facility and shadow them. See if you can get someone that would work with you or you could work with them, even if it's working part-time with them and saying, this is what I want to learn, this is what I want to do, and you'd be surprised how much support there is for getting more people into this industry. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll think, oh, I know how to do this. Well, no, you really don't. You, you don't have the, the expertise and the knowledge that you need. Um, until you go out into the field and actually do the work, it's a little bit different. So go, go get that experience first before you decide to put a shingle out for yourself. And then secondly is to get good support people. So, like I said, you don't know bookkeeping, but get someone who can do the bookkeeping for you. And I consider it a three-legged stool. You need help in legal, you need help in insurance, and you need help in finance. And if you can get those three legs, if you're going to start a new business, if you can get the people to support you in those three areas, then you have a much better chance of being successful. So, and then the third part is to ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions if you don't know the answer. That's the only way you're going to learn. Uh, you know, if you don't understand what a profit and loss is, if you don't understand how to read a balance sheet, ask. And if you say to your, to your CPA or your bookkeeper, hey, what does this mean? And they just blow you off. And they're not supporting you. You need someone who's going to support you and help you to understand things that you need to do. And, for example, insurance. If you say, okay, I'm going to start a boarding facility, what kind of insurance do I need? And the insurance agent doesn't say you need X, Y, and Z. For example, you need care custody and control policy. You need an umbrella policy. You need a general liability policy. If they're not going to tell you, then they're not supporting you because you want them to give you the information that you don't have the expertise in. So get, get the support that you need, and that will help you be more successful. I agree 100%, you know, and, and especially in the insurance arena, because if right. you don't know why you need it, you're more likely not to buy it. Correct. So you really need that support so you understand that if you choose not to buy it, what the, the repercussions are. Right, if you don't buy it, you're self-funding. Right. So you, you need to know what that means to you. Right. Absolutely. Well, how can people reach you if they have a question or they want to follow what you do? So my email is pam at saulbookkeeping.com. So it's P-A-M at Saul, S as in Sam, A-U-L, bookkeeping.com. 
or you can uh, check out my website, which is Fall Bookkeeping, or you can call me, 301-520-3937. I'm always available. Like I said, first people, we don't work 9 to 5. I work 5 to 9. Absolutely. And you know, one thing nice about your service is that people don't have to live near you to take advantage of your service. So everybody out there listening, if you're looking for a good bookkeeping person to support you and help you, Pam is a good way to go. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you being on my show today. And as always, you guys out there listening, I appreciate you being here too. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening. Thank you.